Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. On this episode of The Fieldhouse Files, I'm joined by Bob Kravitz, our columnist, to discuss the Indiana Sports Hall of Fame that we made up on The Athletic, who got in, who was just left out. Plus, we'll get into sports, what differences we might see when sports return, and should the NFL be holding its draft later this month. Today's episode of The Fieldhouse Files is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from the experts at GoToMeeting, all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Find us on smart speakers or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. You can also listen at gotomeeting.com slash tips. That's gotomeeting.com slash tips. And welcome into another episode of The Fieldhouse Files. I'm Scott Agnes. Well, we're currently in a strange odd reality that we're all navigating at home and without sports but we're still producing hundreds of stories each week over on the athletic most recently i wrote about the top five games of the season that was hard to do Uh, i even had an honorable mention of about five to seven games because there were so many uh, good ones to choose from among their 39 wins i also wrote about how victor oladipo using his platform his voice to spread the message of social distancing and what a potential first-round matchup would look like against the Miami Heat. I'd be down for that series, both because these two teams are rising up the ranks in the Eastern Conference. I will not say no to a trip down to Miami, and I think it would be really good back-and-forth series that'd probably go, what, six or seven games. Now, to help get you through some of this boredom and, and time you have to fill, we're currently running a promotion at The Athletic where right now you can get 90 days free, or better yet, you can sign up at theathletic.com slash fieldhousefiles and get a subscription 40% off the annual price. That's just $36 for the first year. I know it's tough and unusual time right now, but we'll get through it. And one of the projects we did was get together to create an Indiana Sports Hall of Fame. So our Indiana staff brainstormed individuals on our Slack channels, kind of deciding and parsing through the eligible candidates, at least in our mind. And then Bob Kravitz made the final call and wrote the story, which you can see now live. So to discuss that story and how he arrived at the inaugural class of 15, let's bring in Kravy. Bob, how have you been doing? Oh, uh, I'm just so busy uh, sitting (laughs) on my couch watching CNN, getting depressed. Uh, doing a little work here and there, but uh, it's been it's been a challenge, I think, for all of us, at least in our goofy little business. Um, you know, we're sports writers with no sports, so we're writing about the Indiana Hall of Fame that we've made up out of whole cloth <laughs> because we can do that. Exactly. Yeah. Why not? Exactly. We're showing how creative we can be um, a- a- as writers and editors without you know, games and things going on outside of the NFL. So it's been a challenge, but it's, uh, 
you know, I, I see our staff really rising to that challenge. Yeah, there is that. But you also are like, all right, uh, how much longer, right, is this going to go on? A couple months, very doable. But say if it goes into the summer, that's not something I want to figure out or have to see happen. How about a couple of weeks and then you're, (laughs) I mean, I, you know, I. Well, we're already one month down. Yeah, we are one month, aren't we? Oh, good for us. No, I, uh, you know, the, the way I look at it, though, Scott, is that, you know, I mean, look, this this stinks, obviously, for everybody, especially the businesses in our town and mm-hmm. certainly for the people who've uh, contracted the disease. But, you know, in World War Two, um, people sacrificed their lives, you know, in a global conflict. Uh, this time around, all we're doing, our, our big sacrifice is watching Netflix, eating popcorn and sitting on the couch. So I think we're up to it. I think I think as a country we're up to it, and uh, compared to other situations throughout history, um, this is um, this is not as bad as 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 some other things you know would be. Yeah, no, absolutely. But for for us that geek out on sports every night, I didn't want to. Oh. I didn't want to learn what it was like to be those that at nine o'clock wonder should I go to bed or throw on another episode, right? Oh, well, look, you know, I, I I'm married, my wife. Uh, wants to watch The Voice, you know, or, or uh, you know, whatever, yeah. The Bachelor. And I'm, I'm used to going back and forth between the hockey game uh, or a basketball game and The Voice and her, you know, <laughs> saying, hey, commercial's over. Get back to The Voice. So, you know, you know uh, I, I, I do miss um, that little piece of normalcy. And, um, you know, nothing is normal anymore. No, you're right about that. So what we did was concoct uh, our own indiana sports hall of fame and uh we, we wanted to open it up fairly open criteria in terms of you you know what would make you eligible but mainly is we wanted you to to be an athlete here in indiana for a big part of your career i guess break down for us what went into your thinking behind this well i the way i looked at it i wanted you you either needed to be born here and go on to have a great career like like Larry Bird. I, I'm sitting there thinking, Larry Bird did most of his great work in Boston, but how does how does he not make an Indiana Hall of Fame? So I said, you know, if you were born here, or if you've done, uh, you know, most of your great work here, a Peyton Manning, a uh, Reggie Miller, even though they're from different places. So that was my uh, cockamamie criteria uh, as I went along and. You know, I'm pretty happy with the first ballot. Uh, as you get deeper into it, there's certainly more room for argument. But I think our top five is pretty solid. Very solid. When you're talking about the Big O, Peyton, Wooden, Larry, Slick. Notice something for those. I just used one name, and you already know exactly who I'm talking of. Uh, and I think that kind of represents and suggests kind of their importance. I think the only other two that maybe could have been in that list uh, would have been Bob Knight and Reggie Miller. Outside of that. I don't think there's any any challenges, but it's hard to argue against the five that you listed out there. Right. Now, you know, uh, a lot of people have said, you know, how can you not have Knight when you had, you know, why would you go with Slick instead of uh, Knight? And, and that was a tough one for me. But I look at Slick. To me, he's the consummate, iconic Hoosier. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I mean, growing up in Terre Haute, uh, you know, being a great star player out there, uh, going to IU, hitting the free throws that won the the 53 title, um, winning three titles 
with uh, with the ABA Pacers, you know, and now doing what he's doing on radio. And, and you know, what he did in 1977 along with Nancy, where they saved the Pacers from being basically sold and moved with their telethon. So I thought that he had a little bit more impact than Bob Knight did. Yeah, and when you talk about the fact that Slick was basically um, what he was able to do from all different levels. From here, like you said, went to IU, won a national title, and then has been part of the Pacers in basically every facet of the organization. I think if the Pacers ever got to a point where they did statues, my first one is of Slick and Nancy Leonard together because without them, there is no Reggie Miller probably in a Pacer uniform because they had to run that 1977 um, telethon to keep them in town. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, this is a team that, I mean, they got crushed uh, during the ABA-NBA merger, as did a lot of, uh, as did all the ABA teams. They got a really raw deal. And, you know, it put the the Pacers behind the eight ball financially in the early years. Um, but, uh, yeah, Slick, Slick to me was, I you know, I, I went back and forth a little bit, but I just kept coming back to Slick. And, Maybe it's a personal thing. I really love the man, but uh, I think he deserves to be a first ballot guy in our uh, made-up Hall of (laughs) Fame. I'm right there with you, so I agree, but I enjoy the conversation um, of of their other ideas. And you can also see fans did, readers did as well, as you have basically 100 comments in that story. So it's a um, well-engaged story in terms of what people want to debate back and forth. Of this list, and you have those five we talked about plus 10 more, was there someone that didn't make the list that maybe eats at you now a couple weeks later? Um, I'm looking at the uh, the additional people here. Um, There's not know, one think, for me. I think Tony Holman, yeah. even though he was an athlete, is somebody that I, I would have considered um, a bit higher. There, there's a couple of, couple of names, but you know I, I have the others receiving votes. Marvin Harrison, Holman, Rick Mount, Steve Alford, uh, Skylar Diggins, Stephanie White. Uh, whose first name is misspelled. Way to go, Bob. Uh, Fuzzy Zeller, Rod Woodson, Big Dog Robinson. I, I've had, it's funny, I've had people in the sports business throughout uh, Indianapolis sending me texts telling me where I missed and what I got right. Mostly what I missed. <laughs> of course. No, I'm, <laughs> so. I'm sure because it's a piece people are reading and they everybody has their own opinions, their own perspective, their own viewpoint on what made an impact probably in their Indiana sports career, and so we're all different in that aspect. Absolutely. The one thing I appreciated about this list, and I don't think it was by design, it was just the truth, was the fact that so many sports were represented. Um, And I think back even to IU swimming and Olympic swimming, Lily King and Mark Spitz, because they had incredible careers. And if you talk about Lily King, it was supposed to continue here this summer. But it was not just basketball and football players. That's exactly right. And that was something that I, I tried to do. Um, you know, Spitz, I got talked into Spitz mostly because he's a California kid. And, you know, but he, he went to IU, and, but he made his name in the Olympics. So it was, it was a little tough. But, um, you know, in the end, it made perfect sense. But, you know, I wanted to get go back through history. And uh, like Ray, I think I've got him in the top 15, Ray Yuri who yeah. uh, nobody's ever heard of from Lafayette, um, who was who grew up with polio and had uh, braces on his legs for most of his childhood, who went on to become uh, the greatest jumper in all the jumping um, 
competitions in the Olympics back in the, I guess, the 30s. Um, you know, Oscar Charleston, uh, a great star in the Negro Leagues. Uh, I wanted to try and I didn't want it to be the people that you, you know, that, that you hear about every day. You know, one, I'm looking at the list here, uh, Scott, and I might have gone with Tony Stewart instead of Jeff Gordon, or I might have gone Jeff Gordon slash Tony Stewart, yeah. which is kind of a cop out. But I think you could certainly make a very strong case for Tony Stewart. And that was one that I kind of went back and forth on. Now, I'm curious. The, the first two people you, you talked about, uh, I had never heard of, didn't know much about. And you're not from here. So no. how did you learn their story? Did you just come across them over your years, 20 plus years here as a sports writer? Did you do a lot of research um, into to other um, star athletes from here? How did you discover these two? Well, you know, like uh, I did a story about Ray Yuri uh, before one of the many Olympics that I've covered. Um, they were doing some kind of memorial for him up in Lafayette, and I decided to do a piece. Um, Oscar Charleston, I'm just, you know, I'm not a student of Negro League Baseball, but I, I, I've always been interested in it. Um, you know, I, uh, I met Buck O'Neill many years ago. I've been to the, to the Negro League Hall of Fame in Kansas City. Um, so I knew of him, you know, you know, one guy I thought about, but it was hard to justify was Hank Aaron because Hank Aaron played for the Indianapolis clowns of the Negro leagues. Hmm. Um, but again, he did most of his career obviously was in the, you know, with the Braves. So he didn't quite qualify, but it's one of those things. I love doing stories like this because, it, it does inspire so much conversation and you're an idiot and you know, what, what, what are you thinking? And I'm used to that. <laughs> yeah, no question. Um, <laughs> one of the things I, I was curious about uh, among the contributors I mentioned just as we were brainstorming was I was thinking about Notre Dame too. And the great teams they had, whether it was coach Lou Holtz or Newt Rockney. Um, why did you Newt Rockney? Let me, let me tell you something. I got a, a text from somebody with the Colts uh, in their front office who uh, gave me all kinds of grief for not putting Newt Rockney in there. And I would say that looking back on it, that was probably a miss on my part. I think Newt Rockney uh, probably uh, deserved a, a spot uh, in that top 15. I should have made it a top 20. It just made my life easier. I was going to say go 25, and you'd probably that's probably a fair cutoff where there wouldn't be any arguments at that point. Right, but I wanted some arguments. I wanted to leave some people out so some so people could get uh, all exercised about it. Right, and the the one thing I was a little bit surprised was outside of Coach Knight, there was no other IU basketball um, individual. I guess you could count Slick within that group relatively. Yeah. No, uh, yeah, I didn't have Alford. I didn't have uh, Calvert Cheney, uh, Scott May. Uh, look, they were they were all special special players, but. I was looking for transcendent, mm -hmm. you know, and the people I came up with, I think, are transcendent athletes. Uh, but again, you can you can make that argument, certainly, um, you know, that one of the IU guys, you know, I, I didn't mention Gene Cady, yeah. that, that got some people upset. Uh, uh, you know, I can I can tell that they're West Lafayette folks. <laughs> but, you know, if you're comparing Bob Knight and, and Gene Cady, Gene Cady was a great, great coach, but Ultimately, you look at the national championships, and on that score, it's three to nothing. Yeah, and on a much minor scale, I thought seriously about Damon Bailey just because of the impact he had, especially almost in, in 
high school leading into college and the story that that was, but it was such a small stint in time that maybe it wouldn't qualify. But because Indiana yeah. basketball, talking high school basketball, is so important to, to our culture and our community, I thought that one also warranted serious thought. Well, you just feel that way. No, I, uh, I, <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, I think Damon, ba- in fact, Jason Jenks, just from our staff, mm-hmm. just wrote a really good piece uh, about Damon Bailey, went, went through the archives and came up with some really cool, good stuff. In fact, a couple of days ago is the 30th anniversary of Damon Bailey and Bedford North Lawrence selling out the, uh, the old dome. Yeah. So, so it's, um, uh, yeah, I you could certainly make that argument, but I I had a hard time going there. Yeah, no, that's fair. I, that was just one of the ones when I think about Indiana sports, he, he's one of the first ones I point to too, just because of the icon. I guess maybe that's a little bold, but the the level of impact he had and the hype that led to his college career, um, I thought was interesting. Do you think there there would ever be a need for an actual real Indiana sports Hall of Fame? We have the NCA here. We have several other sports entities. If we were creating one, maybe you put it in the lobby of Bankers Life Fieldhouse. Do, would you see any need for that? Would that be fun? I think that'd be cool. I think it'd be very cool. I mean, you know, the I know the Pacers, as you go around Bankers Life, they've got pictures of all the greatest players, both male and female, who've come through, come through uh, Indiana. I think that would be a tremendous idea, just as long as we create a media wing and I get in on the first ballot. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And there's a beer right next to you. Cheers oh, to the great Bob Kravitz. That goes without saying, my friend. In all seriousness, maybe there's something you could do as the Bankers Life Fieldhouse in that area over there. They're concocting you know, these renovations, and there's supposed to be that outside plaza with a skating rink or basketball court. Maybe there's something small you could work into there. Or um, there, I guess it wouldn't be a great place, but the Children's Museum has done something special here yeah, recently. They have. uh you know, when I when I go back and think about it, you know, maybe we should have just done Indianapolis Hall of Fame. You know, I don't know. You, you write it and then you have you second guess. You know, that's of how course. writers are. At least that's how I am. I second guess everything. Coming and, to the athletic on May 1st, the Indianapolis. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, we're looking for content, aren't we? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's the route you go how let me ask you this if you go that route how what changes who who gets the attention now well, because of let's, that uh, let's look at uh my list here let me uh, i got my computer in front of me because I, I haven't memorized it oscar I'm, no question peyton no question wouldn't see i mean he didn't do his stuff in Indianapolis. no and then larry bird was in indianapolis really right you know? so the heck with that let's Let's not second guess and let's let's make it an Indiana Hall of Fame because you cannot have any kind of Hall of Fame in this state without John Wooden and Larry Bird. Yeah, just can't. No, that's a good argument. The three kind of immediate pillars that I think about are Peyton, Reggie, um, and this is more recent, and then Tamika, and then I would throw whether it's a Tony Holman or someone out at the Speedway as well as part of that group. And that's kind of the core groupings of the last 20 years that have made significant impacts on our local sports. Yeah. Now the, the hard, one of the hard things was, you know, somebody said, how about AJ Foyt or Rick Mears? Mm-hmm. And yeah, they, they, they won a lot of Indy 500s. Um, but that's not where they really forged their careers. I mean, that's probably where they achieved immortality, but you know, I had a hard time justifying that one as well. 
Um, you know, but, you know, both Gordon and Stewart are Indiana guys, so I was able to make that argument a little more forcefully. Any last thoughts on this, Krabby? I enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun read, especially in a time where you need you need something a little bit different. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And and that's, you know, uh, not to tell people how the sausage is made, but our whole staff has uh, come together, and uh, we've created a channel where we put crazy ideas. And let me tell you something. Some of these are crazy ideas. But, you know, some, sometimes crazy ideas work out. And... Uh, you know, we, we all have to uh, really uh, look inside ourselves and, you know, uh, or, you know look, look at our contact list and see who's, who's out there. Like I just talked this morning with Clyde Christensen, who's the quarterback's coach for Tom Brady in Tampa, and you realize that he started out with Peyton Manning, moved on to Andrew Luck, and now he's got Tom Brady. I was joking with him before. I said, "Didn't were you quarterbacks coach for Otto Graham as well?" Mm. So uh, I thought, you know, we just have to find different, interesting stories to do, and I think we're all finding out what a challenge that can be because yeah. so much of our lives are really caught up in in in, uh, in games and and the aftermath of those games. So. Yeah, it's a challenge, but I think we're up to it. Yeah, those conversations, the reporting, our observations, but yet there's nothing to observe out other than the league's truly having no idea if anything will return and when. So, so you're left to kind of wait and kind of look back and look ahead as well because in terms of the Pacers, because it is a Pacers podcast, right now they'd be playing the Heat, um, and I'd love for that series to happen, and I'd love for some of the regular season to continue, but at this point we just don't know. Well, let, let me ask you what – I mean, I, I know you've seen some of the different uh, plans that they have, but what what makes sense? Do you come back when you can come back and then play a few games and then start into the playoffs? I mean, what, that seems like it would make the most sense to me, but the, the season's not going to end until August. And then do you start up again in October? I, I You know, or, yeah, in October. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really know. I, unless – Unless you cut the number of games next year or you just decide, you know what, we're going to go into the summer for now on. We'll start in December. We'll finish in August. Seeing that last point, I think, is an opportunity here for them to perhaps give that a try. I wouldn't mind seeing it for one year to see how it shakes out, um, especially because the concern years and years ago, especially was, you know, in the summer, you're on vacation, you're on the baseball diamond with your kids you're traveling so tvs are off and so that's why you don't want to play then but we all understand that nfl really dominates until through january and so if the nba could push back its schedule um to the point where they're featured a little bit more and they're the ones leading sports center and leading um the most interested story in sports world that would be interesting um, to me, I think you really need to make all efforts um, without putting anybody in jeopardy to finish the season. We need those end of season awards for history. We need a, a postseason. Um, and I know there's a lot of money concerns that go into it in terms of trying to finish sure. some of the regular season and get all the playoff games you can to make up losses. But at minimum, I would think you could shrink the first two rounds to say best of five, even though they wouldn't want that for money's sake, that would be right. possible if you need to get games in. But ultimately, I, what's the point of going through a season and not having a champion? I know this is unique, but if you can finish it out, then you can reshape next season um, if need be, which will probably be necessary here. I, I'm not sure. What are we at? 17 games left? Something like that? Yep. 
Okay, I'm not sure how important it is to get those last 17 games in. I mean, to me, if you can give everybody a one or two week training camp for guys to get back into condition, uh, play maybe five games, and then say, okay, here's the seating. This is the way we're going to proceed. I think that that would make some sense. But again, you know, a lot of these teams are making, you know, they've, they've got their contracts. They, they right. make plenty of money, you know, with, with the gate, at the gate. So, yeah, that's, that's a really tough call. What, you know what, the thing that I'm kind of going back and forth on, I'd be curious to know your thoughts. The NFL is going full speed ahead with everything. Um, you know, free agency, uh, the draft is uh, in late April. Do you think it's appropriate for the NFL to continue acting, uh, you know, business as usual, or given given what's going on in our in our country and in our world, is it inappropriate? And I, and I keep going back and forth on that. As do I. I'm torn because it, it's so not it's so meaningless. Let's be honest. In the grand scheme of things, however, how many of us just need something? We need an outlet. We need some reason to smile. We need something to watch. Something fresh. Um, so there's a lot of that, but I normalcy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, way. and hope and something to look forward to just like this Jordan documentary has done for many. I'm curious how yeah. it'll turn out because it didn't seem like Jordan was a very interesting guy off the court. He was an outstanding player, but I'm curious what they're going to make of it in terms of sharing his life and uh, maybe his thoughts as he went through some of his dominant years. But that Jordan doc, that's something all of us sports fans have on our calendars and are eager to see. And, of course, being ESPN, they're going to space it out so it lasts over a month, showing two episodes at a time. Generally, Bob, I would say I tend to say the NFL should hold off, but yeah. I do understand kind of the outlet that it provides for sports fans. What about you? Yeah, you know, it's like during free agency, and maybe some of this is pure selfishness on my part uh, because when when we did have free agency, it gave me something to write about. It gave you know, uh, the football writers, something to write about. So maybe there's a selfish element in it uh, for me, but it, it seems inappropriate. And at the same time, like you said, we need a slice of normalcy because everything in our world has been turned upside down. And, you know, maybe, maybe this is, uh, maybe this is a good thing. Maybe it's a good thing. I don't know. I, I'm going to write a column about it, but first I, I better figure out what the hell I think about it. <laughs> the other thing I like <laughs> about it is the fact that those outstanding scouting staffs, the best evaluators, the most organized, hopefully should be the, the, the group that's rewarded the most. And so you'll really see some gaps, I think. A couple teams that just do not hit on players when you're talking about the draft because they needed that face time that they hadn't done the research over the last year. And may. I think that's something we'll see both in the NFL and NBA draft. They're they're having to rely on their eyes and videos and, and things like that, and how and the type of contacts they have because there's no draft combine and those sorts of things in the NBA. That, that's exactly right. That's a very good point. You know, we're gonna we're gonna see who's got their their act together, and we're gonna find out, you know, who who uh, you know who doesn't. Basically, I mean, we're just. It, it's it's such an odd time. I, I I can't I can't say it often enough. You know we, um, you know our lives have been turned upside down, and you know I I'm inclined to think that go ahead with the NFL draft. You know give give us 
give us that normalcy, give us that, you know, sense that there's something in the future for all of us. I don't know. I, it's one of those things where I need to have a good stiff drink and really think about it. The other thing, and I think it was Shefty that came out with the idea, if you're going to proceed with it, let's truly make this a week-long event. Why not have a round per night? I'd probably make it easier on these staffs, too, because once you get deeper in the draft, maybe they'd like more time to parse through and make trade calls and, and do things like that. Um, and one other note, as we're talking about things coming back, should let's say the NBA comes back. Let's say it comes back in July. I would love for teams and, and broadcast partners to enable the broadcast to be a little bit more creative. Maybe you mic up the coach. Maybe you mic up a player and air more of that, not just recordings. Now, there's some risk to it, but I think sure. that would make it really fun if you're playing without crowds, which I think is inevitable if you return. I think you're right. And, you know, I, I uh, found myself on one very boring day actually watching a few minutes of the XFL. So is that today or yesterday? <laughs> no, just to, just to see what it looked yeah. like. And I'm telling you, you know, the interviews, not the interviews, but, you know, you're basically an interloper on, you know, what the, what's going on with the coach, what's going on with the quarterback. It, it's really fascinating to hear what's being said on the, on the field or on the sideline. So, I would hope they use this opportunity to maybe retool and do some things that uh, make it a little more palatable, you know, despite the, the fact that we may not have any fans in the stands. Yeah, putting on my optimistic Frank Vogel hat, that's the thing I'm excited about is I hope there is four or five different amazing things that come out of this because people had time to sit down and think about it or they were willing to take chances here during an uncertain time. And so that's what I'm hope- hopeful to see, things like that. Absolutely. Agreed. Very good, Kravy. Um, it's 5 o'clock somewhere, so it literally is. So it's time for you to get it a cocktail. It is literally 5 o'clock. <laughs> Perfect timing. I love it. Uh, thanks for jumping on. Enjoyed this story and enjoyed talking about it, and we'll talk soon. All right, buddy. Take care.